The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, May the 13th. We're going to be breaking down AFC and NFC North wind totals and futures on this podcast. It is part of Gambling Week. We're talking gambling for the 2020 NFL season. Uh, tons of great content in the feed. Yesterday's show was R.J. White. Um, that was Tuesday show it was RJ White and I breaking down the AFC East and NFC East win totals. Monday show was early week one picks with the super friends. We also had a bonus podcast with Nick Bogdanovich, uh, William Hill's director of trading for Monday. If you go back and even look back last week, RJ and I broke down some, uh, some awards that you should check out, like best bets for you know, best long shots for MVP, defensive rookie of the year, et cetera, basically everything. Um, and uh, we'll be doing two divisions per day for the rest of the week. Make sure and download, subscribe, and if you have a question about your team's offseason or anything that you want us to talk about, ask us any question. We'll be doing Mailbag Mondays in the frequent future. You can uh, leave a five-star review, ask us a question, and we will answer it can be football-related, life-related, uh, quarantine-related, whatever you want to talk about. Also, uh, make sure you watch our show this week on CBS Sports HQ, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch on your CBS Sports app. But if you maybe you want to check out a new cool TV service the kids are all talking about, check out Pluto TV. I actually uh, took Plu- I showed Pluto to my in-laws over the weekend, and my, my brother-in-law blew their minds. Sherry, this is free. Carrie said, can you believe it? It's free. I know it's free. And you can watch uh, CBS Sports HQ on there. A bunch of cool channels. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles channel. Baywatch channel. Maybe you're into uh, comedy or horror films. They got all kinds of stuff. They got a Roblox channel that Ryan Wilson's kids could watch. What happens on Roblox? Roblox. R-O-B-L-O-X. Your kids not uh, playing Roblox? No. Not that I know about. Maybe they are and I just don't. Wait, how old are your kids again? I know this. I just 13, 13 and 8. Okay. That's what I was going to guess. Oh, that's pretty good by me. Yeah, uh, how old's Robbie? How old's my son? Six. He's six. I'm oh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Robbie is big into Roblox and, um, there's some games on there that are not really kid friendly. <laughs> there's a little a character called Piggy who walks around with a baseball bat. Robbie's like, Piggy, Piggy. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. All right. Let's back off of that. But it's like, uh, you build a 3D. Anyway, I don't, we don't need to get into that. It's stupid. Uh, kids like it. It's, it's, it's cool with the, like Minecraft. It's like Minecraft. There we go. You now. build your own. They have a Minecraft channel on, 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 uh, Pluto too. There we go. Now you're talking my, my eight year old's language. It's 24 seven Minecraft. Yowzers. You can watch people play Minecraft 24 seven on the, on the Pluto Minecraft channel. Boom. Done. What has this, I mean, I don't even say what does this world come to? Like I would have watched that as a kid. Yeah. I would imagine not knowing what you do in your free time. You probably watch it now. So it, it makes perfect sense. Fair dog. That's fair. All right. Let's talk the NFC North. This is, uh, and then we'll get to the AFC North, Ryan Wilson's home territory. 
Uh, but we will start with the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers. Over under Ryan Wilson, nine wins for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the over is minus 110. The under is minus 110. <laughs> I presume we're both heading in the same direction here. Well, let me start off by saying that John Breach last year picked the Packers to go to the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> for some reason, every time he talks about the Packers, he has to say that. And then he follows it up by dunking all over them. I'm going under. By the way, I think you're correct when you say that the reason he does that is that he wants everyone, he doesn't want Packers fans to tweet at him angrily. Right. That's and be right. Like, you hate our team. He's like, no, no, no. I picked you like, I picked you to be really good last year. So don't yell at me. Which is, which is stupid. I mean, no one cares about last year because last year's over. They went 13 and three. We know about all that. Uh, I just don't think they were a 13 win team last year on paper. They, they, it, they made that work for them and. I just don't think this year they got better during the draft of free agency because they don't think wide receivers are important, apparently. Um, and I think Aaron Rodgers, well, I, I don't think he's a scrub. I think he's a top seven or eight quarterback. I think he'll probably play pretty well. I don't think he can do it by himself. He's 37 or whatever he is now. And I think the Vikings got better in that division. I mean, the Lions didn't get worse. I don't know if they're going to compete all of a sudden. Uh, and, and the Bears will be feel like a 500 team as well. So I'm going under nine wins just to make things interesting. Yes, they could go 12 and four, but I'm going to go, um, I think nine is actually a great, good number. I think they feel like a nine and seven team. I'll say they go eight and eight. So the North, the NFC North plays the two South divisions this year. They play the, uh, AFC South and the NFC South as their, um, full crossover divisions or whatever. Um, and I mean, I think when you look at this schedule, like the week five buy is not ideal. They start at Vikings, then get the Lions at home, at Saints and Falcons at home. Uh, anything worse than two and two would be absolutely devastating for this team. I, th- I think they'll probably start two and two or three and one. Seem fair? Three and one would be a huge start. Uh, well, and bear in mind too that like the circumstances with, with which football is played, assuming it is played, uh, would matter a lot for the Packers season because at Minnesota and at New Orleans are two of the toughest road games to play. And if there's no fans in the stands, 4-0 and is certainly on the table. Yeah, fair enough. That's right. Uh, then they're at the Buccaneers and at the Texans after the bye. Not easy. Vikings at home, at 49ers, Jaguars at home, at Colts, and then have the Bears twice, the Panthers, Eagles. It's a pretty tough schedule. It's not – it's pretty- not- as Kenny White talked about this, I know you mentioned home field advantage at some point on the sh- on the CBS Sports HQ show last week. But a team you mentioned the the Saints who have a huge home field advantage. The Buccaneers probably have less of one because no one goes to those games. Don't cheer quite as loudly. I think Absolutely. maybe the Buccaneers have a better um will have a better chance of winning those home games because the home field advantage isn't really what it is for the say the Saints. I think that's a hundred percent correct. Boom. Whether it's true or not, I'm going to take it as my own. You should roll with that. Uh The Packers had a bunch of. One score wins last year. A mm. lot of them. Um, I'm counting, I think I have them at six and one. Wow. Do you count, do we say, I think we count eight points as one score wins. That's now. fine. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, if you include the victory of the Seahawks in the, in the playoffs, uh, you've got, well, we won't do that. That seems unfair. So you're at one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, eight and one in one score games last year. That'll be hard to replicate. That will be difficult to replicate. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the most curious case of, uh, like, and we've talked about this with Sean almost to the point where I don't want to talk about it anymore. 
And it does feel like beating on Rodgers, like when we start to talk about his his decline, because statistic. Like, all right, let me ask you this: Do you think that Aaron Rodgers is concerned how he will be perceived publicly if his stats take a huge hit? Yeah, I mean, but I think most quarterbacks, Tom Brady, probably feels the same way. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is playing scared when it comes to throwing interceptions because he wants his stats to be really good? Like he has 19 interceptions in the past four years. Well, here's the, here's how you, you can figure that out. I think, uh, without asking Aaron Rodgers, um, who plays more scared, Aaron Rodgers or Tyrod Taylor? Neither of those guys throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is Tyrod Taylor, the Packers have a problem. <laughs> He's not though, because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He does a lot of things off script. I think it's what gets, gets people angry, like coaching uh, coaches, but I don't think it's a lack of taking chances. Uh, I think he takes a lot of chances and he just, uh, I think he has good misses. Um, just anecdotally, but he ain't Tyrod Taylor in terms of just taking care of the ball, turn around, handing it off. Uh, let me ask you this though. AJ Dillon, their second round pick of running back who everyone thinks they took too early. What if he's 85% of Derrick Henry? Yeah. Now, uh, I don't know. I would say 75. Well, let's split the difference. 80. But the point is, what if he brings that type of offense? And that's the, they didn't get a wide receiver, but they got a running back who does Derrick Henry type work. At seventy-five to eighty percent of what Derrick Henry does. I mean, him. and look, one of those dudes in the, like, whether it's Marquez Valdez Scantling, Equinomia St. Brown, um, Alan Lazard, Geronimo Allison's Al- oh, gone now. Um, who? Else? There's one more, Jake Kumaro. Like, it's not crazy that one of those guys might take a leap. Jay Sternberger, their tight end. Sorry. Yeah, Sternberger. Yeah, I mean, tight end. You know, rookie tight end. You can't expect him to do a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I think there's a lot of upside for this offense, but you look at this team, they went 13 and three and they were a 9.7 win team by point differential. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I mean, now, this, is, I, this is, I mean, like, I think you have to take the under here. A nine is still, I wish it were nine and a half, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take it and see what happens. And I, yeah. all people that are angry at me or Brenton, please text or please tweet at John Breach. Those, those. That's right. At John Breach, one word. Uh, we know you hate the Packers. We're coming for you, Breach. You and your little family. Um, too much. Uh, the Packers, by the way, are the favorites to win the division at plus 140, nine to one to win the NFC and 18 to one to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't touch those with your wallet. And you're the guy who took, uh, Trent Williams to win comeback player of the year. That's right. 148. I like long shots. Love a long shot. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings, the same over under nine wins, the under slightly juiced minus 115 and the over Minus one oh five. What do you think, Wilson? Going over. I think I'm I'm gonna pick the Vikings to win the division by the time we get around to some actual football. Uh they have a lot of holes though. I mean they did a lot of in terms of replacing those holes, but we'll have to see how those young guys translate quickly. I think it starts with Justin Jefferson, their first round pick to replace Stefan Diggs. Um uh, but they drafted Ezra Cleveland. Uh they need help along the offensive line, they got him. Uh they also got Jeff Gladney, the cornerback, and uh I think that was their other first round pick. And I think, uh, counted seven defensive players, defensive backs they drafted or, or signed as, um, undrafted free agents uh, a couple weeks ago. So they're clearly focused on that. And uh, I think on paper, they look, they've done, they've certainly done more than, than what the Packers did. The, at the end of the day, as always, it comes down to, oh, well, we're going to see Kirk or Kirby, uh, Kirby. Uh, oh, he's got Kirk. I think he's earned Kirk now. We'll see. I mean, it depends on the day. The, so the schedule wise, I think. I think we'll, we might very well know. I, I hate to say that we'll know what the Vikings are 
with this, with the way they've reworked things. But I think we'll have a pretty good idea by their week seven bye. They open up at home against the Packers in week one, at the Colts in week two, Titans at home in week three, at the Texans in week four, at the Seahawks in week five, and then Falcons at home in week six. Only one of those, by the way, primetime, the rest of them at 1 p.m. games. I mean, I don't think it's unre- – four and two is not unreasonable for that stretch, but I wouldn't be stunned if they were two and four either. Yeah. Like, I, I just think – I think with this team, to, I, to, to me, you look at this this roster and the uh, the defense is much – it's much better than people are giving it credit for. Does that seem fair? We'll see. On paper it is, but they're all young, or most of them are young, so that's the issue. Because they they got rid of Xavier Rhodes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, and what's his name, Trey Waynes, guys who all contributed at varying levels last year but were or were good at certain points. So you got to figure that out pretty quickly. And can you bring in three or four rookies and have them come in and step in right away? That's that's the question. But they do have Harrison Smith. They have uh, Anthony Harris. They said they were thinking about trading him. I don't know if going to do that. Mike Hughes is still there too. Okay. I mean – I wouldn't be surprised if this is a top 10 defense and I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it fell off a cliff a little bit. Yeah. I think this is more of a risk taking the over here than saying that the Packers are going to win nine games, but I think uh, uh, man, they have a chance to be a good team. They weren't bad last year. I, I, I would rather back the Vikings. I think than than backing the Packers. Well, put it to you this way. If you switch quarterbacks, this is a, this is a 12 win team. You're, the concern is, is Kirk Cousins. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think the, I don't think Cousins is bad. I don't th- I think Aaron, I don't either, I, but you never know. You know what you're getting with Aaron Rodgers for the most part. Kirk Cousins. Eight in one in one score games. That is the abs, the, the Vikings, that is, the, the, yeah. the Packers, that is, excuse me, is the absolute like pinnacle. Hey, this team is going to fall off a cliff. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, Again, just the offensive players, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., B.C. Johnson. Like these are people that don't exist except for Devontae Adams in Green Bay. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's fair. The, uh, by the way, the Vikings, uh, last year went two and four in one score games, 10.7, uh, expected wins and they finished 10 and six. So this is, does profile as a team that could take a step forward. I think part of the problem for them too is like, all right, what, you know, what are we, what are we going to get out of Justin Jefferson from the perspective of, you know, how does, how does, how does he work? Like, are they going to use him properly? Are they going to use him as a slot guy? Cause Adam Thielen's kind of a slot guy too. Like is Justin, Je- are they expecting Justin Jefferson to be their outside guy? Cause that's not what he was good at with LSU last year. Can Dalvin Cook stay healthy? And if something happens to him, can Alexander, Alexander Madison and, and Michael Boone run well? behind what has been a fairly questionable offensive line. Uh, Ezra Cleveland is a big help there potentially, but I, I don't know. I just think that if that run game works and Gary Kubiak would be the OC, if that run game works, I think this offense can be really good. If not, then this team could, could have some major struggles. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, I did ask J- J- Justin Jefferson about exactly that. Um, can you play anywhere other than the slot? He goes, yeah, just watch the, First, uh, my first year at LSU playing a lot. I played outside mostly and I can beat man coverage. So I feel okay with that. So we'll, okay. see, tr- we'll see if that translates. Oh. All right. Very excited discussion about the Vikings from Ryan Wilson. <laughs> the Bears over under eight and a half. The under minus 150. My goodness. The over plus 130. Um, now, you know, when you, when you give your analysis here, note that you're getting some value if you take the over at nine, like you, nine wins and you're getting plus 130. 
you, know, you got to lay a buck fifty, which is a lot to take the under there. This team ain't winning nine games. <laughs> I mean, maybe they, well, no, they're not. They're not winning my want nine games with Mr. Trubisky. The, well, the sad thing about this team is that they talked themselves like you could hear it in Sean's voice. He has talked himself into the idea that no offense, Debo, Nick Foles is going to save this team. But it ain't going to happen. If Nick Foles can't save Jacksonville in, in 85 degree weather, I don't know. I can come to Bears team and save a team that doesn't have a ton of weapons unless you consider Jimmy Graham a, a, a weapon. So they have Alan Robinson, they have, they have Cordell Patterson, who's, you know, running back in, in a kick returner as much as he is. Uh, a wide receiver threat. Anthony Miller, Ted Ginn, they just signed. I mean, come on. Cole Komet, they got in round two, and you could argue maybe they got him too early. If he's Travis Kelsey, they didn't, but I don't know if he's going to be Travis Kelsey. And then, of course, they signed Jimmy Graham to that $40 billion year contract. I'm going under. I, I don't, it doesn't matter if it's Mr. Trubisky, and I feel like Ryan Pace is going to try to stick with Trubisky as long as possible because that's his name is written all over that. I think he, I think he, I mean, I get that people are expecting Nick Foles to be the starter. I'm with you. I think that Trubisky will win yep. this job. Yeah. So I'm going under eight and a half. How's this team winning nine football games? So uh, looking at their schedule, they open up at Lions, Giants, at Falcons, then Colts and Bucks at home. That's not a terrible start to the season. Like three and oh, it could be three and oh, that's right. Yeah, three three and zero is certainly on the table. Then they're at the Panthers, at the Rams. That's a tough little. Uh, I guess it's not bad if you're in Chicago. You fly to Charlotte, back to Chicago, then fly to LA and back. Uh, then then go to the break. Saints at Titans, Vikings. Again, like it just, a lot depends on how you think the AFC South will be. Like if the Texans are a good team, and the Titans are good again, this is going to be a problematic schedule. You know. Yeah, and that's why I actually see the over unders, and I in my mind, think about the football team and then look at the schedule. Because you just don't know how these teams are going to be, to your point. I mean, the Titans could be terrible. Uh, the Saints could be an 8-8 eight and eight team. Unlikely, but you just don't know. Like Teams that we think are going to be good at this point, typically, I mean, I was going to say the Giants and we too. Maybe they're going to be a good football team. I don't see that happening. But um, maybe the Falcons are better. You just don't know. But yeah. either way, I don't care if, if every team on this schedule is four games worse than we thought. The Bears are still going best case 8-8. Eight and eight. Okay. Plant your flag. I mean, I think, I think that the money tells you you should take the under. I don't see, I mean, I'll, I'll be, let's be real generous. You're getting three and one out of the gates, uh, four and two and they lose to the Bucks and beat the Panthers, uh, four and three lose to the Rams, four and four Saints, four and five Titans. I'll give them a Monday night football game against the Vikings. So you're five and five wow. heading into the bye. It's at home. Viking Kirk Cousins and Monday Night Football against a good defense. Uh, seems like seems like a recipe for Cousins melting, which means you have to win four of your final six games, and you're at Packers, Lions at home, Texans at home. Maybe that's two wins. At Vikings, at Jaguars, Packers. I think everything has to break right for them to go nine and seven. Okay. Well, you better turn it to uh, Nick Foles earlier rather than later. Yep. Uh, moving along, the Detroit Lions. And by the way, the Bears, uh, I skipped over this. Apologies. Bears are four. We actually will talk division odds in a second. Detroit Lions over under six and a half wins over minus 130 under plus 110. The unders plus 110? Mm-hmm. Who made these odds? Matt Patricia? <laughs> this team has won three games the last two years, I think, right? Uh, that is correct. And they're suddenly going to win seven games? That, that is what Vegas is trying to tell us. I understand that 
Uh, Matthew Stafford was hurt last year for much of the season, but come on, man. Come on, bruh. Is that what they say? Uh, look, I love Kenny Galladay. I love Marvin Jones. I love the idea of DeAndre Swift in round two. I, I like that in all the millions of mock drafts that I did. On paper, they got better. They got Jeff Okuda, number three overall. That was an easy pick. They got Julian Aquara, I think, in rounds two or three. Um, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, Matt Patricia, has he learned anything from the first two seasons? I know they're on the hot seat, he and Bob Quinn. I'm going under. Uh, six and a half is more than doubling their win total. Six, they've won six games the last two years, and suddenly they're going to double that up in one year. Mm. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, they, not a great schedule to start. Bears at home, at Packers, at Cardinals, Saints at home before a week five by. Like I think two and two is a, is you give yourself a pat on the back and you're you're fighting for life there. Um, at Jaguars, at Falcons, out of the break, Colts at home, at Vikings, Redskins, at Panthers, Texans is a nice little stretch there. Like you could re- you could reel off two or three wins at Bears. Packers at home, and then they close at Titans, and then the Buccaneers, and then the Vikings at home. So, man, um, I'll take the over on this one, not by a ton. But I know, I know you don't top your head. Is there an easy way to find out what the over under was a year ago for the for this team? Five and a half, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I mean they get there with Matthew Stafford being healthy, so you can make an argument. I mean, they're supposed to go six. They're supposed to be six and ten based on their expected win loss record. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're supposed to be six and zero based on John Breach's uh, re- revisit. You know, it says six and a half last year. All right, there you go. Okay, so it's the um, same as last year with Matthew Stafford healthy, and I think I mean they could have been like they could have been, been right? no, they could have been five and zero. Like they only, they lost to the Chiefs by four points, and they had the Chiefs taken care of. They lost to the Cardinals in a game. There's no excuse they should have lost. They lose or tie that game. That was a tie game. They tied they tie that game. Excuse me, but remember they uh, Patricia called that play, or like he called timeout as Stafford was. Bootleg or like hit, hit the guy on a maybe it was a who's the old guy for the Seahawks? Um, the so, receiver? No, the running back. Um, I'll tell you a second. It was uh, JD McKissick. He oh. hit McKissick on that little on that little out uh, little flat route, and McKissick's like gonna saunter for sixty yards, and all of a sudden Patricia's out on the field calling timeout, and then immediately like the Cardinals somehow find a way to come back uh, in that game. It was it was pretty devastating. But yeah, I mean, I just think that I, I I think this team could be better, and I don't. Yeah, know. look, if uh, Stafford was healthy last year, I think six, seven wins is certainly realistic. So yeah, I could see it. I'm just going under based on the fact that he's not done a very good job as coach. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a reasonable thing. I, I guess I would like. I don't. I look at this roster and I just don't know what is good on the roster. Well, like I said, Galladay's awesome. Yeah, I think Galladay's underrated, and he's you know going into his third year. I think Jones and Galladay both. Marvin Jones are. I think this is the final year of their their deals too. Um, so. Galladay should be still in his rookie deal, so he should have one more after this year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they both maybe have one more. Is what it is. That's what it is. Um, and DeAndre Swift has a chance to be really good too, because he, you know, he's a weapon as a pass receiver out of the backfield. So that's oh, good. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Galladay's going to his, last year was his third. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I remember looking during the football season because I was doing these mock drafts about whether they should take a wide receiver at some point. Um, so there's that. Um, and I, I like what they did on defense in terms of got the best cornerback in the draft and got a really athletic edge rusher. So 
Plus, when you uh, grade out all these drafts. Well, let, me ask you, let me ask you this. If this team was coached by Jim Caldwell, what would you do? <laughs> they would go 9-7. <laughs> would you Would you take it? i take the over 6.5. It went 9-7 in back-to-back years. And you can argue right. that, that team, that those teams were just as mediocre as, the, as these teams. I mean, that team completely melted down. Like, again, they could have been – that loss to the Packers on that, that Monday night in week six after their bye – where the, like the, the garbage BS, like that completely derailed their season. They won one more game after that against the Lions. I mean, last year, last remember week five. Well, that was, and then losing the quarterback didn't help either. Yeah. Then Stafford got hurt. Absolutely. But I mean, like that, that, that derailed their season pretty badly. Didn't help. No, it didn't help. But I will say this. Uh, um, if you look at the draft classes, sort of do it by division, um, the NFC North draft classes were far and away the worst. Packers brought down that average by a lot, but the Vikings, the NFC North, off seasons by far were the worst, but uh, the Vikings did okay in, in terms of addressing needs in the draft. That's basically all you're doing. The Bears only had like one and a half picks, and the Lions did a good job addressing needs too. It's just a matter of did you do enough. So yeah, the Lions could win over, could win seven games, but history, recent history says, uh, oh, Matt Patricia got some work to do. Uh, I will take the over. I, I don't know why I'm trusting in. Look, if Stafford stays healthy, yeah, and they draft a couple offensive linemen, so hopefully that helps too. Okay. Um... Mm. Okay. By the yeah. way, the, uh, so division win totals. Um, let's well, not win total. Excuse me. The uh, the odds to win the division. Packers play. You got to pick. We got to pick something from the division odds, or you don't have to pick something. Is there anything you like in terms of Super Bowl, NFC, or division odds? Packers plus one forty. Vikings plus one fifty. Bears four and a half to one. Lions eight and a half to one to win the division. Uh, NFC, nine to one Packers, 14 to one Vikings, 20 to one Bears, 50 to one Lions, and then Super Bowl, 18 to one Packers, 28 to one Vikings, 40 to one Bears, 100 to one Lions. Anything that you catches your eye? Nothing super sexy. 150 plus 150 for the Vikings to win the division. I mean, look, if you put 18 to one down on the Packers to win the Super Bowl, I guess I like that better than any other team there, but I'm not going to do it. I'll just do one plus 150 on the Vikings to win the division. I would, other stuff is wasting money. I, this will sound crazy and you guys can make, you'll, you know, I'll probably do it before the season. You can make fun of me afterwards. I, I'll take the Lions at eight and a half to one to win the division. Okay. <laughs> like Rogers, Rod, hey, look, Rogers could fall off a cliff, get in a fight with Matt LaFleur. Um, you know, <laughs> the F you, Debo chats me, Garrett Bradbury, comeback player of the year. <laughs> coming, coming back from that. Debo makes fun of you. That means you are solely deserving of it because he's very, you know, he doesn't like to do that. Probably. Yeah. When Debo, when Debo's dunking on you in, in Slack and a Garrett Bradbury pick and stuff. Uh, no, but so, like, we'll forget about that after the Trent Williams pick. So don't worry about it. It wouldn't be crazy if, if this Trent Williams thing happens. I'm dunking all over you. You said that last year about Garrett Bradbury and you will deserve dunking all over it. But I mean, there are better odds of you getting hit in the head by an asteroid and surviving than Trent Williams winning comeback player of the year. That's not true. Um, I feel like it is. <laughs> no, I mean, like hitting the head with an asteroid in the first place is like a billion to one. Exactly. That's my point. It's like two billion to one. I think if you got three billion to one on Trent Williams, I would be okay with it. Anything other under <laughs> that is. Ridiculous. I would like to bet one dollar on Trent Williams at three billion. To one. <laughs> I will take that bet. I will take it. You will. Oh wait. Oh, will you really? Three billion to one. Yes. No, see, that's too much. You wouldn't pay it if it. Of course not. <laughs> I can't. But I told you, if you pay me twenty five bucks on the on the odds that you got for the the original trilogies, but I'll take that too. One forty to one. Yeah, I'll take twenty five bucks on that. I said, anytime you have those kind of stupid bets, let me take them. I'm tempted to do it. What do you think, Diva? 
<laughs> That's a lot of money for Ryan to pay out. How confident do you feel that Trent Williams? No, I, I'm, I'm the one. $3,500. Yeah, I'm the I, I think that's fair, actually. I was the one dunking on Will for, you know, making that pick. I mean, an offensive lineman's not going to win. So, Ryan, you're safe. But what would it take, Will? Like, what would – you went over this, but for an offensive lineman to even be considered? <laughs> you would have I, to score, like, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I think the 40 – I think that the 49ers would have to be the best offense in football. And their run gate, like, you'd have 2,000-yard rushers. And it's like, you know what? Like, Trent Williams missed an entire year of football because the Redskins are a-holes. And he came back He came back from Dan Snyder. Like, that's Let, not – But let's continue this thought process. So they're the best offensive football, which means Garoppolo throws for 5,000 yards, which means those two guys rush for 1,000 yards, which means Debo Samuels and Brian, Brian Oath maybe receive 1,000 yards. But you're going to give it to the left tackle who came over after not playing a year. What is what is what are those other guys coming back from? Yeah, it's all it's all narrative and like you said, all it's, narrative. It's and when there's to, think pieces being written in, does it say Princeton hadn't written in nine months, and all of a sudden he's just nonstop Trent Williams typing? <laughs> but it's just how how is he going to get it without being able to quantify all that uh, above someone like a Philip Rivers if he improves his like touchdown to interception ratio just a well, little bit? Well, I'll, I'll I'll qualify it with this: if Big Ben throws for. 4,500 yards or more and the Steelers make the playoffs and we're not even having a discussion. Like Ben will stroll to it. And Ben's 20 to one, I think. I think three, to, three to one. Oh, he's three to one. Yes. He's the favorite. Oh, if, I'm thinking MVP. Never mind. If Rob Gronkowski catches 10 touchdowns after missing football for a year and the Buccaneers win the NFC South, he's cruising to it. If Miles um, Garrett if, doesn't try to murder someone on the football field, it's all him. Yeah. Miles Garrett can manage to play 16 games without attacking Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, he's, oh, is he listed in the odds? Yeah, he's like, uh, it's like 25 or something. Like 25 to one. Comeback player. Yeah, I th- see, that's the problem is like, can you, can you, can you, are you, is, are they really going to reward this guy from coming back for being like Trent Williams had a brain tumor? That's mm-hmm. not a brain tumor. I don't think he had a brain tumor, did he? He had something on his head, like a, whatever it is. Yes. It's he's a, come it, back a, it was a, it's not benevolent, benevolent. What is the benign, benign, benign benevolent? Penelope. It's not Penelope. Penelope brain tumor. No, he had a, um, he had a benign brain tumor that the oh, okay. Redskins doctors misdiagnosed. I'm telling you, people are going to be wanting to give this guy some hardware if he comes back and he plays 16 games and the 49ers offense is all. Awesome. Well, I would argue that Garrett Bradbury should be in the conversation too because you cursed the crap out of him last year and he's coming back from that. Right. So, or like, uh, yeah, or maybe the Vikings. I cursed the, you know, Kirk Cousins. I cursed, yeah, I cursed them. I mean, if you look at the Ryan Tannehill, coming back from being on the Dolphins and not being good at football. Andrew Luck coming back from injury. Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Eric Berry, who went out for some serious medical stuff as well. Safety is is not the same as offensive line, though. Then you go Gronk, Rivers, Peyton, Stafford, all that Evo, stuff. get to the uh, offensive lineman that got there. Okay, I'm, I'm scrolling up, scrolling down. It's all narrative-based, though. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. The only, like, even like the last, the only guy who doesn't get it that's not narrative or injury based is Philip Rivers. And he just came back from a crappy season where he threw like 30 picks. Here's like Tommy Maddox one in 02. Is that yes. coming back from the XFL or like what? I don't. He was out of the league and he was selling insurance and then he had to uh, overcome the odds of beating out Cordell Stewart, if I recall correctly, without looking right, You're telling me he was not playing for a year. Yeah. No, he didn't come back from injury or anything. No, no, no. He, wait, he won in 02. No, he played no yeah. one. No, the briefly, XFL was briefly. 01. But he, he, he was with the Steelers in 01. That's when they, I think that's when they signed him. They signed him in like midway through 01, I want to say, and then Cordell struggled and. Look, I don't, I don't disagree with you. The problem here is the quantifiable stats for Trent Williams. 
It's going to be difficult. But like, I think in 2050 pancake blocks, then he'll win it. But like in 2020, you have stuff where like PFF will tweet out like our highest graded lineman in five years with zone blocking runs is Trent Williams. And all of a sudden there's like buzz building like the, the, the 50 old white jabronis who are voting for this thing will give him. Give and I owe, I'll owe you 3,400 bucks. <laughs> all right. So the bet is on. Yeah, of course. All right. 25. It's 3,500 and I owe you 25. That's right. And you owe me five more for the Mr. Biscuit. Oh, you 30 for the Trubisky thing. Pay <laughs> up at the end of the season. All right. Um, anyway, I, I was, I was, I think we got there because I was talking about taking the Lions to win the division. Yeah. You said Lions. I said I was only willing to take one fit plus 150 on the Vikings winning the division. Nothing else. I, yeah. Eight and a half to one. I wouldn't go heavy on it, but I, I don't think it's that bad of a bet just because I can envision a scenario where the Packers, Vikings and Bears are all like, you know, seven and nine or eight and eight and the lions somehow stumbled to nine and seven and uh call well their way to the playoffs. That's much more likely than Trent Williams. I, I, I can see that happening. Well, that's why it's eight and a half to one and not one forty to one. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk the, the AFC North and why Ryan loves the Steelers to win 16 games this year. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. At AFC North time, and we start with the defending AFC North champions and the defending number one seed in the AFC, maybe the best team in football last year that didn't win a single playoff game, the Baltimore Ravens. Their over-under, Wilson, is a shockingly high number, 11 and a half, the over minus 105, the under minus 115. Do you have the huevos to take the under on the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, I thought you were going to say the over. Because eleven and a half is a lot of football games. I'm trying. So they were fourteen and two last year, right? I think that's what they ended up being. Yes. In fact, they were two and two after getting stomped by the Browns in Baltimore in Week Four, and then didn't lose again the rest of the regular season. Right. I'm going to take the over. It just I don't know how this this team is so much better on paper, and I don't know what NFL defenses are doing to figure out Lamar Jackson until I see it. I mean, you saw it twice with the Chargers and the and the Texans and the Titans, excuse me, but the Titans did it basically with Derrick Henry. I don't think it was as much to do with the defense as it was with that offense dragging them, dragging the Ravens up and down the field. And then the previous year, the, the 
it's hard to replicate what the Chargers did with all those linebackers because not every team has has that capability. I'm going over eleven and a half. It seems like a lot. I, I think um I just don't see this team win eleven football games. I think I can do a lot more than that. So they let's see. Well, and like part of the thing too is um with Baltimore and Sean, I think Sean made a good you know, we don't like to give Sean any credit on this podcast, but he made a good point when he noted that the Ravens were big winners in the uh, coaching search situation because they retained both Greg Roman and Don Wink Martindale as their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, respectively. That's a huge deal going into an offseason where we might not have a lot of uh, training camp, offseason training activities. We don't know. It's a lot of unknown as it relates to the offseason. So to have that continuity is is – a, it's a problem, you know, it's a big boost for them, but B, it's a problem for other teams because think how many defensive coordinators are new on these other teams. The, the people are relearning new defenses and having to adjust to uh, Lamar Jackson. You can watch all the film you want on him. I don't know that it matters. Like you still have to defend him passing the ball and him running the ball. Like if you, I mean, yeah, the Titans did a great job of it, but how many teams have that power run game and Dean Pease's pieces that they can utilize against Lamar Jackson out of the gate. Another sort of secret win. I just noticed this. I think that I'm, I'm double checking here. I think the two teams they have to play as being uh, by virtue of being number one in the AFC North are the Patriots and then the Chiefs. Well, guess what? Tom Brady ain't playing for the Patriots anymore. So that game got considerably easier. That's basically the third place game now in that division with Jared Stidham there. And you can say, well, Bill's. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a, like you have to go to New England and play and it's a big win to get them. That's right. That's, I mean, would you rather face Matt Castle in New England or Tom Brady is basically what, what we're asking here. So that's a huge win for them in terms of the win total, if nothing else. Obviously it helps them, uh, playoff race and the seedings and all that. But I mean, typically, uh, the Patriots and they, they host the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the other team they face as being the number one team. They go, they play the Texans in Houston in week two at 425 Eastern time. And that's the last time that they will leave the Eastern time zone for the entire year. Yeah. And the thing is about that game, they'll be back in the Eastern time zone at 625 at halftime because that game will be over. (laughs) It'll be 50 to nothing. I mean, they play the Browns in week one at the Texans, Chiefs at home in week three. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think it's out of control that they go one and two in those games. And then that's a wrap. Everything else is, is easy street. Then it's at Redskins, Bengals, at Eagles and Steelers. So, I mean, I, I, if you're picking the total worst case Armageddon scenario for the, for the Ravens, they're three and four going to, uh, yeah, three and four going to their week eight by eh, at Colts, at Pats. I think one and one is possible, likely there. Titans at Steelers, Cowboys at Browns, Jaguars, Giants at Bengals. Like they're going to win probably their last four games. And, Again, I mean, on paper, in May they are, but we, a week into the season or a month into the season, this is all going to change based on, you know, how terrible these teams are and how good. I was saying, I was saying the Browns, Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals just aren't going to be like, I think the Ravens. Are yeah. beating. No, no, right. The final four, you're right. I'm just thinking yeah. about, I mean, well, so I, I guess, I guess my point is like, you need to find, you need to look at the schedule and say, all right, that's four wins. Where right. are the other eight? Um, and if they come out and start two and one or three and oh, you're in, and then, you know, win three or four going to the bye, you got five. It's nine. You're, you're in pretty good shape. You got to figure out three between Colts, Pats, Titans, Steelers, and Cowboys. Yeah. And, th- and as I look, I said easy for those first two games. The first seven games before the bye aren't, aren't necessarily easy. And, um, the Colts coming out of the bye on the road isn't easy either. But again, this team won 14 games and 
saved the first two games you talked about, and then the Steelers game with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph that was somehow close in Pittsburgh. They pretty much had their way with every other team. Yep, and um, worth noting too that the uh, they went you know fourteen and two last year. They were a thirteen and thirteen win team based on expected win totals. Mm-hmm. So they outkicked their coverage a little bit, but they're still a expected thirteen win team. And they had that stretch where they went Pats at Bengals, Texans at Rams, 49ers at Bills, and then Jets at home. And they were like plopping up forty two points per game with ease. And oh by the way, this team was my number one team in terms of um, ranking all the draft classes. Yep. J.K. Uh, Dobbins, uh, Devin Duvernay, the slot receiver. They got two interior offensive linemen to try to replace, um, what's his name, that retired? Marshall Yonda. Marshall Yonda, thank you. They got one of the best interior defensive linemen in Justin Matabike. They got Patrick Queen in the first round. They got another thumper linebacker, Lee Harrison, in round three, I think, so they got him. I mean, this team is better than the last year's team. Yep. <laughs> Friend of the uh, friend of the friend of the podcast, Marcus Peters, back for uh, next year as well. Yeah, I mean that trade compared to the Jalen Ramsey trade is a, it's a, an embarrassment to the to what the uh, Rams did. Yep, uh, I, I'm I'm with you, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't take their under because I wouldn't want to be fading the Ravens. But I, I don't I I think it's probably just a stay away because the number's so high. But I mean they could be you know they could be at ten wins and you know you got six weeks left in the season and you're realizing what a moron you are. Steelers over under yeah, nine. One thing quickly though, so. Let's say I don't like saying people get hurt. Let's say Lamar Jackson uh, takes a trip to the moon in the middle of the middle of football season. How many games you win with RG three? Nine, max. I feel like yeah, you're winning at least eight games with RG three. It's a really I mean, good team, and they'll figure out a way to deal with it. But like, and he's not, running the same offense. Yeah, well, you said middle of the season, so I'm assuming that they're like. Well, if he's not, let's say he, he goes to the moon in August and comes back in January. Oh, um, I'll say eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And look, Lamar Jackson getting hurt isn't out of the realm of possibility either. I mean, that's, he, he plays a way that, you know, it could be. He needs to be a little more like Russell. Yeah. Uh, Steelers over under nine wins, the over minus 120, the under plus 100. The Steelers broke my heart last year. I, I was, I was right about the idea that the Browns weren't the team to be watching in that division. I was wrong that the team to watch was Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, we figured that out six quarters in when Roethlisberger's arm didn't work. Yeah, about two quarters in when they were getting smothered by the Patriots. Patri- Patri- well, the Patriots. Yeah, we knew. Okay, uh, Breach. I'm surprised Breach doesn't call them the Patriots. Uh, I knew that. Everyone knew they weren't winning that game. Uh, but here's the thing. So, as a homer, I'm taking the over. But, again, if you look at uh, Mike Tomlin's record in Pittsburgh, he's never had a losing record. Last year he went 8-8 eight and eight with the, the, the two clown shoes playing quarterback. So, if Roethlisberger is 75%, and part of me thinks that he was probably, uh, his arm wasn't great at the end of 2018 because he had a lot of picks in 20. I think he led the league in picks in 2018. He led the league in passing attempts in 2018. So I, th- I think if you go back and look anecdotally, there's a little bit of a history of when somebody has that m- over 625 passing attempts Mercy. at that age that it tends to wear on them the following year. Yeah. <laughs> it tends to break your arm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think, uh, Juju's going to come back and have a better year for obvious reasons. James Conner is going to be healthy, hopefully, and, and be able to make that work. The defense is going to be really good. Even though one of my favorite players now plays for Debo's Eagles and Javon Hargrave. Uh, they got Chase Claypool in the draft. So they're going to have weapons. And I think if, as long as Roethlisberger, oh, by the way, did you see what, uh, Jay Glazer recanted? Uh, no, did he walk back? Ben's, he got a text from bigben7.com. Well, he and Tom are close. And I don't know what the conversation was after, uh, 
Glazer said he was a, a fat body. He didn't do anything other than one yoga class, drink a bunch of beer and play golf, but he walked it back and said he was just joking. <laughs> so I don't, um, I don't know where he heard that, uh, what precipitated the walk back, but oh no, he, he talked a bit on the phone. Oh, he did. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, let's see. What did he say? He said, uh, just kidding. Talking about previous versions of Ben. So I talked to Roethlisberger today. He's definitely passionate about his rehab. My comments about him were more poking fun of him for what he's done in the past. He's really getting after his rehab. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski, the Ted Kaczynski workout with that beard. Maybe he's moving logs around the yard or something, but, uh, right, here's, 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 here's what he said. He wrote this on theathletic.com in his mailbag. And these mailbags from Glazer are awesome because he says like whatever he's really thinking. And he predicted an Odell Beckham trade in a, in a mailbag. Uh, and it happened for the Giants and the Browns. Um, if Big Ben wasn't as upset as you guys are, why would you guys get this upset? Now, as far as Roethlisberger, I called Ben. I talked to him about it as a man because I th- if I think someone is going to be upset about something that I said, I'm going to call him. My statement about Ben got pulled way out of whack as if I was talking about his current rehab. Where did I say anything about his current rehab? I never did. What I wrote was, quote, his idea of a great off-season workout program is doing one yoga session, playing golf, and drinking some beer. I was making fun of him for his past workouts, which he'd readily admitted had been him in the past. In fact, when I called him, I said, yes, this is your yoga, golf, and beer instructor calling because he and I often bust each other's balls. Um, there you go. The one thing I want to clarify, because it wasn't fair to Ben, is I never talked about his commitment to this rehab. He has been committed. Roethlisberger told me the other day he's been training his butt off doing his rehab and how important it is to him. He wants to come back better than he was before. This is the first time he's ever dealt with something like this, uh, so he's thrown himself into this rehab. Over nine, baby. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would probably go over Steelers nine. They, good defense. If the run game is anything there, it, it just seems that it would be, a, it would be an upset if they, uh, you know, if they didn't get there, they open at Giants, Broncos and Texans at home, at Titans, Eagles and Browns at home and at Ravens. That is a manageable schedule. Yeah. I'm actually really excited about that week two game. I want to see what Drew Locke and that offense looks like in Denver. And see how Drew Lock handles uh, the Steelers defense. I mean, I, Steelers could start six and zero. Yeah, let's. You know, they they typically start slow. Thank God they're not playing the Patriots. Although this will be the year to play the Patriots in Week One, but that's true. Um, and then they close Redskins at Bills at Bengals Colts at Browns. I feel like just anecdotal. That's, that's a that's a really good opener and closer though. Like I, I feel like there's if you look at the first first five games and last five games. I think you've got six wins right there. All right. Well, we'll see. I do think anecdotally as we go through these things, it feels like not very many teams are having a long stretch run at home. A lot of these teams look on the road. I don't think every team can be on the road, obviously, but um, just on the teams we've talked about, I think most of these guys are spending a lot of the last month on the road. By the way, the Steelers don't have to leave travel. Oh, my goodness. They don't travel far usually. Usually the breach does that thing every year. So after their bye, which is in week eight, the furthest that they'll have to travel is either Dallas or Jacksonville. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I think Dallas is probably farther. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Dallas and Jacksonville are probably equidistant. It's, it, it's a Pythagorean, it's a triangle. All right, we'll use that, use the theorem that Sean talked about on the show yesterday, figure it out. You do, you can do the math on it. At Buffalo, B square equals at Cincy, at Cleveland. I mean, that's their five road games in the second half of the season. But the Cincy could be good. Cincy could be a seven win. Right, but I'm just saying that's not a, that's not a lot of traveling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I, honestly, we don't know. Like, you might not be able to fly in December. Like, what if all these teams are having to lug on buses? The Seahawks are going to spend 95% of the week on a bus. 
I'm dead serious. What what if that happens? It's unlikely because you have private aviation, but I mean, who the hell knows? Well, let them take a train. They can sleep on the train. They can go through the walkthroughs on the train. Shoot, before the freaking buy, the Steelers away games are at the Giants, at at the Titans, Nashville Central Time, but then at Baltimore. I think they had the second or third fewest travel miles after the Ravens and maybe one other team. That is not a lot of traveling. That's I I, I think over is the play here as well. It all if Ben's not healthy, you're probably hoping for a push. You're hoping for Cam Newton real quick. Be a good signing. The Browns over under. Here we are again. It's May and the Browns have a huge over under eight and a half wins. Uh, over plus 100 under minus 120. Are you buying that the departure of the outhouse can open up, uh, some win totals for the Cleveland Browns? If this team was called the Green Bay Packers and this was the over, you'd, you'd ask why is the over plus money? I mean, this is bonkers. I'm going under though, because <laughs> I, I've seen this movie. And I have no reason to believe this team is still going to – I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach and a good fit and all those things. I don't know if owner Jimmy Haslam can get out of the way, and that's been the concern. I hope Andrew Barry has a ton of success, the GM. But until I see it, I'm not just going to blindly keep picking the Browns to, to do things that they have shown they're in, incapable of doing. So I'm going under 8.5. 8-8, and, a half. Eight and eight, the thing is, would probably be a moral victory for this team. I feel like the fans would, would feel like it's a step in the right direction. And, I, don't think eh. I think if they don't make the playoffs, fans will be pissed. I mean, they, they, have they won six games last year, right? Yeah, but they lost their last three. What was your expected win total? It was. It should be something like eight and a half or nine. Six and a half. <laughs> and that's on the points? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because remember, they got curb stomped by the 49ers, <laughs> blasted by somebody else, right? Um, oh, the Ravens late in the year, and then lost by 10 to the Bengals in week 17. Oh, they did. Oh, my God. Humiliating. Yeah, I mean, they should have beat, like, the two losses out of the bye at New England, at Denver, they lost the pass by 14, and they they easily could have been, they could have won, figured out a way to win that game with any sort of decent coaching. And then at the Broncos, they lose by five, just tough spots. They ripped off three wins, then they lose to the Steelers, and then they beat the Bengals next week and lost their last three. All right, I'm going under. I, I, until I see something to change my opinion, and I think Odell's going to have a good year. Oh, they also lost by 30 to the Titans in Week One. I forgot about that. I remember that was like that was the oblique moment for every Browns fan. Where they're like, "Oh my God, what if?" And for like, for I mean, I, I was you know peacocking on the podcast because it's like, "Hey, look, what if this team comes out of the gate slow and like doesn't look great, and then they got this tough stretch, you know, in the middle?" And it was a hundred. Wait, wait, that wasn't Red Hot Ryan Tannehill. That was Marcus Mariota throwing. I think he had three touchdowns in that game. I think Baker threw a couple of pick sixes. He threw a couple picks. I don't know how far they got returned, but I remember watching that game thinking, well, here we go. <laughs> same old, same old. Uh, he had definitely had one. It was that fourth quarter and they were like, they were winning 15, 13 with two minutes left in the third quarter and lost 43 to 13. Oh, That's pretty hard to do. Got Mariota. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry caught a 75 yard touchdown pass from Mariota. Delaney Walker caught two and then Malcolm Butler took one of the house. Just all of a sudden you're just. Welcome to the Freddy Kitchens era. That's right. Uh, okay. Their schedule, schedule wise for the Browns. Whew. At Ravens, Bengals, Redskins, at Cowboys. You have to beat the Bengals and Redskins at home. If you lose, cause you're not beating the Ravens, you're not beating the Cowboys on the road. When's that lose, Cowboys game? What week is that? Week four. What if they beat the Cowboys? That's, that's when things are going to be like, okay, the Browns are doing it. 
no, no, no. If if you're two and one going to the Cowboys, you beat the Cowboys. Yeah, then then you're like that. If you're zero and three going to the Cowboys, <laughs> or one and two going to the Cowboys, no, you get Colts at home, at Steelers, at Bengals, Raiders at home. There should be four wins in that first eight. You need to be four and four. Yeah, I want to see what the. I mean, there's so many. Like the Raiders are going to be an interesting team to watch at that point too. Is Mariota going to be there? Is it going to be their car? Is it going to be better? Whatever. You can't get swept by the Bengals in the first half. I'll tell you that much. Oh gosh. You need two wins against the Bengals, one against the Redskins, and one against either the Raiders or Colts in the first half of the season. If you want to be a playoff team. Cause on the back half, they get Texans at home, Eagles at home, at Jags, at Titans, mm. um, Ravens, and then they play, actually play, uh, in the, in the MetLife Stadium in back to back weeks at Giants, at Jets, and then close with the Steelers. Hmm. There's there's nine wins on the table for them if they're good. If they're well coached and Baker Mayfield plays well, there's nine wins on the table. What was their over under twelve months ago? Nine. Are you kidding me? It was nine. Sweet Jesus. I'll yeah. take uh I'll take the over here. Okay. I'm already regretting it. <laughs> uh the Bengals over under five wins, over minus one fifty five, under plus one thirty five. I'm going over. I'm not even going to hesitate. They would have won five games on the dot, I feel like, if they hadn't benched Andy Dalton last year. What? Uh, what? They were crap on my guy. When did they bring in Ryan Finley? If they were 0-8. Oh, that's when they brought him in? They were 0-8? Well, they would have beaten the Steelers for sure, so that's three wins right there. But I think um, Joe Burrow is obviously better than, than Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton probably put together, uh, even if they take some time to, to learn the the offense but the what the cardinals went five ten and one last year yeah yeah and i think that we can see that type of i think the defense is better and it has a chance to be better and in, in since it's not better but they they draft some guys and, and signed a bunch of guys that they can make the defense better the offense has playmakers and, and i think joe mixon if he's there that's great uh, in terms of helping out joe burrow but i think joe burrow is gonna gonna get it pretty quickly i think okay. much the same way kyler didn't really struggle either um, I mean, he has moments, but he he wasn't like, oh my god, this is the worst pick ever. I think it's going to be a similar type. Um, I might flip on the Browns and take the Browns under. <laughs> no, well, I think, but I think it makes a difference. Like, I think your decision on the Bengals versus the Browns and who can adjust to which coach the quickest can sort of influence your win totals. Right. I mean, because they play the Browns in week two and week seven. So I like, don't think the Browns are going to sweep them. I don't either, but I think the Bengals might sweep them. <laughs> well, I I actually, what are the odds on that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, be a two. The, 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 Bengals, the Bengals would be dogs in both games. So, uh, let's one. say uh, five to one. Ooh, five! I'd take that. Hundred percent, I'd take five to one on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're, they're, they'd be they'd definitely be big dogs going into Cleveland, and then in if they win, then they. But like right now, they'd probably be dogs in both games. I think the Chargers in Week One for Cincy is a great litmus test. I think they could win that game. At Cleveland, I think is winnable. I don't think they'll win at Philly. Jaguars at home is, I mean, like they could be, what if they're, if they're three and one out of the, out of the gate? You got over five. You're doing a dance party because in the second half of the season, they're three game stretch where they're at Washington, Giants at home, at Dolphins. Breach is going to be doing the podcast naked. Yeah. I mean, now they got some tough games on here, but this is a, so this is a, uh, six or seven win. Season if Joe Burrow plays really well. The only thing is, and we're underselling just how bad at calling plays Zach uh, Taylor was last year. Yeah, he, he wasn't. So, he wasn't impressive. 
So that we'll see if he if he gets better because so they were a four point four expected win team last year. What was the over under? Um, probably wasn't much better than that. Six per Debo. Six. Okay, so somewhere between four and a half and six. Yeah, that gets you five. Boom, done. It does. Uh, hold on, let me tell you. Six. Whew, I think uh, I think they were zero and seven in one score games last year. There you go. So they're the opposite of the Packers. So. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a team you want to buy in on, I think. Got really unlucky last year, banged up, getting Jonah Williams back. I, I like this over a lot. It's, it's uh, you, you want five, you don't want five and a half. Because you want to be able to push at five. But they're, they're going to get four wins on here. I just think Joe Burrow is that pro ready. So, uh, I would absolutely be taking the over on that one. Ryan, anything that you like from the AFC North, uh, future pool here? Ravens minus 180. Steelers roughly three to one to win the division. Browns five to one. Bengals thirty to one. AFC winner Ravens three uh, plus three twenty five. Steelers twelve to one. Browns twenty to one. Bengals a hundred to one. And uh, Super Bowl winner Ravens six and a half to one. Steelers twenty five. Browns forty. Bengals two hundred. I mean, I take all the plus money on the Ravens. I mean, you can still bet them to win the division too at minus one eighty. But I don't think minus one eighty is a bad price for them. So take all the Ravens. I mean, that seems pretty easy. Um, Yeah. I actually like the Bengals at 30 to one. Okay. I'll take that bet. I'll take well, that bet too. I mean, I'm sure you will, but I mean, let's say you're putting, you know, I mean, you're putting 25 on it. You're talking about 750 back. Um, the logic here is that Joe Burrow is, is ready to roll out of the gate. He's got a ton of weapons. The Bengals defense takes a step forward. The offensive line did bad. Joe Mixon plays well. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski don't get on the same page. Ben Roethlisberger's elbows is crunked up and Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Yeah, you need it's not that, that. It ain't that crazy a formula. You need a lot of things to happen. Four things. Yeah, but one of those things. Two of, is, two of well, three of which is like like the Lamar Jackson thing is just you. You again, you're not rooting for injury, but like that's sort of what you're betting on. Well, the biggest ask could be Joe Burrow playing lights out. Maybe I don't think so. Yeah, well, that's why it's thirty to one, like you'd like to say. Okay. Uh, all right, that's the AFC North NFC North podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow Ryan Wilson. On Twitter, Ryan Wilson CBS. Check out the podcast on Twitter as well. Pick six at Pick Six Pod on Instagram and Twitter. John Breach will be back to will be here tomorrow for the NFC South and AFC South. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.